Welcome to USA Basketball's Youth and Development Series on Player Development Philosophy. I'm Jay Demings. I'm the Youth and Sport Development Director here at USA Basketball. And throughout this series, I'm going to be joined by USA Basketball's Coach Development Director, Don Showalter. Thanks, Jay. It's an opportunity to be on, and uh, I know that we're going to give a lot of good things for coaches to take away from this. I think so. And uh, for our audience that's listening today, um, Coach Walter is a 10-time USA Basketball gold medalist winning head coach for our junior national team program. And he's also been a high school basketball coach for 42 years prior to joining to, uh, USA Basketball in a full-time capacity. Um, so again, Coach, thanks for joining us. The, the, the um, way I'd love to kick off here is just by talking a little bit about your journey, um, sharing with the audience your experiences um, prior to becoming a full-time um, um, staffer with USA Basketball. Just take the audience through a little bit of your coaching journey from, from how you started to how you ended up coaching on our national team program. Yeah, I, I actually get that question asked, asked a lot. I went to a four-year uh, NAIA school, Warburg College, uh, graduated from there, played basketball at that level. Uh, and then right out of, uh, right out of college, I was, I, I was a head coach at a small high school uh, in Iowa for a couple years, um, and then moved on to um, another high school, a little bigger high school uh, in Iowa uh, for eight years. And then I went back to my alma mater, uh, which I said I would never do, uh, but, I, but I did and had a great experience there with, with family and, and, uh, and being able to coach a lot, of the, a lot of the kids that I really knew growing up as well. So I was there for 28 years. Uh, and then I ended up at Iowa City High, uh, which was my last stop, which was a very diverse uh, school who had great athletic tradition, but not much basketball tradition. So that was a real challenge, uh, but uh, we, we did a great job, I think, um, assistants and everybody in our program to really get that program to the level uh, that we thought we were competitive at and really needed to do. So uh, 42 years of high school coaching, and during that time, I started with USA Basketball back in 1998 at the Hoop Summit. And Milt Newton at the time, um, who's a GM now at, uh, at, for the Milwaukee Bucks, was the, working with USA Basketball, and I got to know him. And uh, that's how I kind of got started with, the, with USA Basketball. He asked me to coach the Hoop Summit, uh, which I did. And uh, the, the coaches will recognize the name of Dirk Nowitzki, which uh, – which we played against. And he was, at that time, nobody really knew much about the foreign players, the international players, but uh, we did a really good job against him. He only scored 32 points and had about 25 rebounds in that Hoop Summit game. So uh, that was his takeoff point for the NBA. Um, and then from then on, uh, we used to have some USA basketball festivals that uh, we had kids come in for, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, we're all part of our festivals uh, in the early 2000s. And then FIBA started the U16, U17 programs in 2009. And USA Basketball had asked me to coach those, which I did through 2018. Uh, many of those years, I was also, of course, high school coach in Iowa. So that's kind of my pathway. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been a great experience. I started working full-time with USA Basketball on the youth side in 2016. My first project really was this, uh, was our youth basketball curriculum, uh, which I did before I started full-time with USA Basketball. 
uh, but now I'm uh, director of coach development uh, with USA Basketball, and I really enjoy that that position. It keeps me involved with basketball, which of course, uh, which of course I love. Well, that, that's great, and I think you know we we pride ourselves on trying to get most things right here. But I think one of the things that uh, well, we don't get everything right, but one of the things we got right is bringing you on in a full time capacity and tapping into your experiences uh, in order to develop a framework. Um, for proper player development, which is really what we're here to talk about today. You know, how to take a, a, a young player through the pathway of, of proper uh, skill development. A, to make them a better basketball player, but B, and maybe more importantly, is to make them a better person. And so, um, you know, in 2014, right before you started with us full time, we developed a framework in, of, of, you know, a, uh, a model or a guide, if you will, in order to take players through the appropriate levels of the game. Why do you think it's important to have a framework and throughout your coaching career, um, you know, what have you seen to sort of dictate your philosophy on, on, on why it's important maybe not to um, take a player, advance a player too quickly through their development? Yeah, that, that's a great point. And, you know, when, we're, when you develop a curriculum, you develop from the ground level up. So, um, we really think that building a framework, starting with, with players who uh, are, are really young, who really don't know much about the game, is where you, where you start. And then you uh, kind of have to know where the player is in their experience uh, with basketball and, and what level, uh, skill level they are. And I think that, that definitely creates a better curriculum. It, it, it creates a much, much easier uh, ladder, so to speak, of how to get players uh, developed uh, to where they are, where they're very confident in their abilities. Uh, one of the things I think is really important is that uh, we look at players that are young and how do we develop them to uh, enjoy the game? I mean, we got they have to love the game, and part of that is. Uh, you know what are what are what are the things that we do from from the uh, aspect of of uh, baskets and balls and and to have them have a fun experience. Well, if you have a young player who's seven or eight years old and they have a very difficult time shooting a, at a ten foot hoop with a regular size basketball uh, size seven basketball, they're going to become frustrated and many times drop out of the game. And we find out that a lot of the reasons that kids stay in the game, not only basketball, but athletics is, is for fun. And so if they have fun and they could, and they can uh, perform skills uh, at, a, at a fairly decent level, then they're going to stay with it and love the game more. So, uh, so the first level uh, that we really look at is where the kids are at in their experience and what do we have to do to make them love the game? And of course, keep the game safe for them as well. Uh, those are some of the things that, that I think are really important in developing a player. We talked about this and keeping the game fun, right? Is That happens at all levels. I mean, we're, we're gonna go into a little bit um, later in the series about our player curriculum and, and sort of the four levels of development that we think are important. But just from a general experience, like, um, has your experience been even at the national team or the junior national team level that it's still important to players to have a good time when they're playing the game? No question. I mean, 
you know, I think, I think that goes for, um, you know, in our own experiences, if we have fun and enjoy what we're doing, we're going to do a much better job of it. And we're going to actually, I say, I tell coaches that, you know, the practicing an hour or two a week probably is not going to do a lot to develop a player's uh, abilities and skills. But if they love the game and you make it fun for them, they're going to develop their skills outside of that time frame in which you have them. And so they may, they may come to your practice for an hour, but then they may go home in their own driveway and play for an hour or two or three because the game is fun. Uh, they love the game, and that's how they develop their skills much more rapidly than if they just come to your practice and that's the only time they get a chance to develop. Uh, but even our, even our junior national team, you can tell the guys that, um, and for the most part they all do, but really love the game because they spend extra time uh, on the skill level. They want to get, they want to, they want to get better and they want to reach another level. So uh, without a doubt, uh, I think having fun, keeping it safe are really things that, uh, that will help a, help a child, a young player get better. Exactly. And we, we talked about our guidebook and how we came up with that in 2014. And um, in particular, sort of the pathway that, that, young people or all people really experience the game and our pathway and our philosophy is designed to keep uh, kids and players in the game for life. Um, and so um, I'm going to go through a little bit of that here and just talk about, uh, it's direct from the guidebook, but we'll also put a, uh, a graphic up on the screen here and kind of talk through each of the stages. And so we have seven stages that we utilize to sort of um, articulate what that pathway looks like from from any, any young person's life and obviously we all start the game so we our, our first uh introduction to the game is that we start it in a different fashion so some of us are first introduced to basketball in school uh, some of us as toddlers with a toy hoop um, in either case this introduction sparks our interest in the sport um how did how did you get started what you know recall call back and, and whether it's you or players you coached or your family members how did they start experiencing the game yeah I think you know as coaches we're coaching because we all somebody has given us a love for the game uh, we're in basketball whether we're an official or whatever and somebody had given us has given us that love for the game and so I think we all can think back to coaches that we've had uh, growing up uh, whether it be you know elementary school level um, or maybe it might have been a parent or an uncle, whatever, that really kind of <clears throat> kind of made you love the game because of maybe of their passion, but also they made it so much fun. And I look back on several coaches I had as a young player uh, that, that, made, that made the game so much fun and, and really challenged me a lot in, uh, in what we were doing. But, you know, until probably until recently, you know, you never – you never had a, there was never a direct pathway to becoming better. And I think that's what our curriculum does. So now we give some education to coaches uh, on that pathway and really how to start young players in, in the game of basketball and how to keep them involved and how to keep them learning uh, with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you have fun, when you first experience the game, you might look for opportunities to explore. So we talk about the exploration phase, um, which is a big one in my opinion, because often 
Um, that's when we're entered into our local basketball league or, or, or we're registered for instructional lessons, or maybe we um, start out by going to a summer camp. Um, but we certainly begin to play the sport with friends, hopefully in our driveways, our neighborhood, at our playgrounds, uh, maybe pick up games at school. So we think that exploring opportunities to play are vital uh, to that continued interest. And, and before we maybe just talk about that a little bit and maybe some ideas that you would have to get a child interested in the game in, in, in some different, you know, shapes and forms. Yeah, that, you know, <clears throat> that's a great question because uh, as I had, I have two kids of my own and, and um, a boy and a girl, but they were always over at the gym with me as, as a coach. And, and, uh, and so they were just kind of uh, brought up to love the game. And I think as a parent, you know, sometimes you can uh, over push your child into something that they don't really have a lot of fun with yet. Uh, but I think as a parent, if you let them kind of find out what they like and give them opportunities. So as a parent, you know, hey, uh, let's go out and shoot baskets. Uh, let's go, let's go work on some dribbling skills. And then let them, let the, let the, uh, the youngster, the, the young player figure out, hey, this is kind of a fun game. I think that they'll love the game more that way as well, as opposed to maybe a parent who, uh, you know, forces their player, to, forces their uh, son or daughter to play two hours a day or one hour a day when they really don't want to uh, at that age yet. So you talk about starting one, I think, the first thing you have to do is, is have them really in up for the love of the game. And then you can take that love of the game and expand that and give them other opportunities and show them, show them other opportunities and, and, and drills and skills that would be helpful to them uh, once they have that love of the game. And then during that exploration phase, we kind of organically move into the learning phase where we develop a basic understanding on how to play, um, you know, you mentioned that basketball is often learned initially from parents or guardians, uh, but then they then they obviously join leagues where there are local coaches, sometimes parent coaches, obviously, um, and they learn from those um, um, types of coaches. And, and to me, that's where we have a great responsibility as parents and as coaches to keep the child in the game because a great experience could keep them in the game. And like you mentioned, a poor experience could make them either choose another sport or, you know, um, or worst case, drop out of sports altogether. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about that learning phase and, and maybe the importance of the role of the parent and the coach in keeping the child um, active in the game. I think, I think this is probably, to me, it's really an important part, important, important part of that pathway because now they're, the, the player is, is wanting something a little more than just a driveway type of, of uh, skill development. I mean, they want to be involved with the team. They may want to be involved socially with, with other players at their own level. So the learning stage is really important, I think, to give them that opportunity. I, I always uh, I like to tell coaches that and parents as well, all right, now, if, you, if your son or daughter – goes to the uh, goes to a club team now it's your your time to step away and it's a time to trust the coach that they're that they have uh, whether you agree with everything or not but that's that now they the player can learn uh, what they really 
like about the game. Uh, they can get a they can get a good overall picture of of what it is uh, to be play with teammates uh, that they they can compete with. Uh, and so I think that learning stage uh, is really is really good. I think sometimes uh, parents overlook that that that's that's probably a stage where they need to step back uh, a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, parents uh, coach teams at that stage too. So they have to be aware of the, all the other players on that. Um, so again, the learning stage, I think now is expanding the, uh, the youth, expanding the son, the, the boy or girl into a higher level of, of play, uh, being with teams, being with uh, players of their own abilities. Great. I know episode two, we'll talk about this later, but we'll look into the role of the coach in that, in that learning phase as well and, and why that's so important. But now, but now in a perfect world, you have everybody in the participation stage, which in our graphic we describe, we, we demonstrate as, as, a, as a larger stage because this is where players are taking part in the sport at all levels, whether it be like you said, the club or the recreation level, um, structured play, travel teams, school teams, um, but also participation can include non-structured play without coaching, pickup games, playing in the driveway, or perhaps just at an outdoor court. Do you feel that unstructured play is still an important part of the game? Absolutely. And I think that we've probably, uh, uh, parents and coaches have really probably gotten away from unstructured play. Um, and I, and I, as I talk to players themselves, they have gotten away from unstructured play. Um, you know, we, we, we deal a lot with some of our elite athletes at the USA basketball level. And uh, uh, I, I see them as uh, sometimes their, their, their development is only related to, can I get in a gym? Do I have a, do I have a coach type of thing? Where uh, I would say 10 or 15 years ago, and Jay, I'm sure you saw this as well, but, you know, kids would go out in a playground and just play. And they would organize themselves into teams. And that's a great way to participate. And it's a great way to learn uh, how to play the game. Um, I, I use specific examples of, you know, the, the uh, Rucker Park in New York or uh, um, where people went to play a lot. And now you go to those places and there just isn't a lot of free play. Um, and I think that has developed a lot of players in the past that a lot of players today miss out on. Just going down to the park uh, without any structure, without any coaching, and figure out how to, to be the best player they can be. Uh, and then when they do that, uh, I think they, they learn things a little bit quicker, and they have, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big part of the fun part of the game as well. Exactly, and if, and if it all works out in an ideal world, we're all still, participate in the game for life. But before we talk about our basketball for life model, um, I did want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the, what we call the performance and the Excel phases of the game, which um, in the perform and Excel phases, this is where players um, come out of the participation phase and they advance into the higher levels of basketball. So, um, you know, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes dedication, it takes natural talent. Uh, if, if you combine all of those things, you may perform basketball well enough to become a very good high school player or a college athlete. 
whether it be a scholarship level, non-scholarship level, uh, or even go on to play uh, professionally. I'm going to switch gears a little bit and just um, and and we'll put a graphic up on the screen for those that can um, tap into the visuals here, um, just to talk a little bit about what that pathway looks like in reality. Um, and so we have what we call a participation pyramid, and in that pyramid, coach, you know, the majority of the 60 million people that play basketball just in the United States alone mostly play the game just for fun. And, and you know, those of us that are 18 and older, um, there's still about close to 40 million people that are playing on Saturday morning pickup leagues and, and women's and men's pickup leagues during the week and um, just playing with our um, children out in our driveways or what have you. You know, obviously, a lot of kids are just playing in rec leagues for fun, about a little less than 30 million people. Uh, ages six to basically 18 years old, um, as you can see on either on our pyramid here on the screen, or you can go to our guidebook and find this participation pyramid from some stats that we ran three years back. But going back to the Excel and the performance phase, there's a very small number of people um, worldwide, let alone in the United States, that will advance to those Excel and those performance uh, stages. Now, the number of people that think they should be in those stages, Coach, right, are probably pretty large. Um, yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. So, you know, and I know what you do at the national team level is the very top of the participation pyramid. And it is literally the 1% of the 1% of the best that there are. And, and same on the women's side, obviously. I know you don't coach on the women's side, but I know you, you are involved in, in programming for women as well. So. Um, you know, talk about maybe the difference between what it's like to play for fun and for the pure joy of the game, and then the difference between what that's like to when you start playing at the scholarship level and then above even into the professional and the uh, national team ranks. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, I, I think as we look at that um, as our pathway, once you, once you have a, a part, once you participate in the game and then you, you kind of figure out uh, that I, I may be pretty good at this as a young man or young lady. And then, uh, you know, they continue their pathway uh, through high school. And then, uh, so now we get, we, that, that pyramid gets a little bit, uh, little bit narrower on this because the, the players that go on to high school still want to participate, they want to excel. Uh, but there's going to be some differences in, in ability, playing time, uh, in, in, uh, in what the coach that they have thinks of their abilities. So I think, you know, they want to excel, but now uh, as, they, as they get a little more uh, to that point, they're going to figure out, here's really where I can uh, structure my basketball abilities uh, to – to be the best that I can be, and whether that be maybe a starter at the high school level, or maybe a sixth man, or or tenth man, um, and and the the participation level I think is really important because now as you get to the high school level, there are many players, and we've all seen this as coaches, who start out as at the ninth grade level, and um, maybe don't even hardly make the team. I mean, Michael Jordan got cut. <laughs> as a JV player. So, but, but they participate, they continue to participate, they continue to develop their skills, 
uh, as they get older from ninth grade through or ages 14 through 17. And once they, once they hit a little higher level, maybe their body develops uh, to, to where they can do the skills better. Maybe they, maybe they have a, a little bit better understanding of the game uh, for whatever reason. So they can really develop their game. And now all of a sudden, instead of being somebody who is, who just participates as a ninth grader, now they're excelling as a, as a 16 and 17 year old at that level. And, and they're, they're starting for their high school team or they're, or they're playing a lot for their high school team. So that's one area that I think is really important. But the kids who still don't reach that level of playing time uh, with, a, with a club team or with a high school team, they still want to participate. They still want to be a part of a team. It's, it's still fun for them. So they, they go ahead and, and continue their, their basketball uh, through, their, through their high school years, through the age of 17. Now, you flip it over to the other side, uh, there's some that really perform at a very high level. And you know, we see those with USA Basketball, but they're participating uh, at a younger level and they, they know, they feel real confident in their skills. Uh, people tell them how, how skilled they are. So now it's not a matter of just performing at a uh, level for their U16, U17. They know that down the road they have the ability and they, they pursue their goals of playing maybe at the college level uh, for sure at some level in college, D1, D2, or D3, NAIA, junior college. But also they have ideas of maybe I'm good enough to play at the professional level, whether it be NBA, WNBA, uh, international level. So uh, that, that participation level uh, really has a lot to do with going on to excel and perform because if they continue to participate, they find out where – they can probably go with their abilities. Sure, and we're all eventually going to enter um, a phase in our lives, whether we advance to play at the higher levels or uh, just continue to simply participate in the game where basketball um, playing-wise might come to an end for us or, 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 you know, by and large come to an event, end for us. But we're hoping to keep players in the game and, and people in the game um, what we call basketball for life so that they can go on. And, and you do see this, I'm sure, as well, where they can take part now as coaches and trainers and administrators. They become fans of the game. They become officials or referees. Um, and, then, and then obviously we hope they become parents of children who will go on uh, to go back to that starting phase, right? And then, and then it repeats itself. And, um, and we think that that's what makes um, sort of this roadmap an important piece of the of the puzzle, um, and, and really it's what keeps basketball the most popular sport in our country. So um, I am gonna ask you a couple of questions because um, if we do feel that it's important to keep kids in basketball for life or in, in, as they grow up as adults to keep them involved in the game, I wanna talk about who's responsible for ensuring that kids are having fun and that it's safe and that it's developmentally appropriate. So maybe talk a little bit about uh, the parent and I know that's one that comes up a lot and um, you know parents can be difficult on, on on one hand but they're also the group that drives the kids these days to the games or to, even to the playground so what can the parent do and what's their responsibility to make sure that kids are having fun and staying in the game 
Yeah, that's a, that's a very broad question, Jay. Uh, and I think as coaches, no matter if you're coaching seven, eight-year-olds or you're coaching 16, 17 uh, or older, you know, you, parents are a very important part of your program. I, I think coaches uh, sometimes tend to think that they don't have to communicate with parents or, they, or that parents are not a vital part of their program. But I think those coaches find out that if they have parents that, uh, that are well-versed in their programs, they're going to be much more uh, backing what goes on in, in, in the co with the coach and, and their program. So uh, I, th I think parents, one thing, it's got to be, uh, you know, it's a two-way street between parents, coaches, and players. And, and as a parent, and I, you know, I'm a parent of, of a son who played for me throughout high school. And also I'm a parent of a daughter who I coached from all the way from seven year olds up through uh, 13, 14 until, until the high school, until she started high school. Uh, but yeah, so as a parent, I'm looking at um, how other parents see the game. And other parents see the game through the eyes of their son or daughter, because they're really not watching the whole team much. They're watching uh, their son or daughter play the game. And when we all go to games, no matter what level, you know, we hear parents, uh, you know, yell at their son or daughter, uh, some negative, some positive things as well. But uh, I think a couple things that parents need to keep in mind is, is what is going to keep your son or daughter in the game? That's really important. So if you are a negative parent, just like a negative coach, that your son or daughter may decide, you know what, this game isn't fun anymore and I'm not going to play it. So I think as a parent, you have to visualize, you know, what am I going to do to help my son or daughter keep loving the game? Uh, and I, a couple things I always said as a parent, um, you know, we never, we never had a coming home after a game. It was never like, uh, you know, how many points did you score or, or how, how, how the game went that way. It was always, Hey, did you have fun? Did you have a good time? Um, you know, now let's go out for ice cream type of thing. Mm -hmm. Win or lose, you never talk about the win or loss type of uh, atmosphere it's created. You always talk about, hey, did you have – first question, did you have fun? And if, uh, if, if they can say, yes, yes, we did have fun, then, then I think that's a huge part of keeping the kids in the game. So uh, – and, and coaches, we can, we, can, we can do this for, you know, a couple hours, how to – how coaches to keep parents part of your program, but parents are very willing. We, I found out very willing to help in any way they can. And I think coaches need to tap into that. And we're going to spend a good portion of this uh, overall series talking about the role of the coach and their responsibility and what they can do, given that we believe at USA basketball, the coach has a really strong impact on a child's love for the game or not, right, if they end up leaving the game. Um, I did want to mention the role of the organization as it relates to ensuring fun and safety and appropriate environments. And so um, we do believe that as a parent, you should look for organizations that fit your philosophy on the experience that your child wanna have, wants to have in the game. And um, for me, I came from a world before I joined USA Basketball where I, I was involved in a club program that was at a pretty high level. And so 
those players that participated in our club program also, their goals had to match the high level goals of the club program. Um, but I've also been in organizations where the goal of the, um, the basketball league, right, was just to have fun and to make sure everybody played equal playing time. And um, both of those ends of the spectrum to me are um, extremely important on the future of the game. Um, so maybe just talk a, a minute about your experience and how, um, you know, you've had, you've had high school programs, right, that have had feeder youth leagues. Talk about why it's important for the organizations to be on the same page in developing um, players that want to stay in the game for life. Yeah, again, good question. Maybe I'll start, Jay, I'll ask you, the different organizations you, you have been, uh, has there been a difference in the, the goals of that organization that, you know, that you've been a part of? Uh, I've been mostly part of organizations basically from the school standpoint, uh, and, but you've been part of them from, from the club standpoint. Yeah, on the club standpoint, I've, I've seen both. And we, we saw the uh, tide sort of turn about 20 years ago where when, when you participated in a club program, you had to be a pretty high-level player in that perform or excel stage um, that we talked about earlier. Um, now, club basketball, and I think this is a good thing, um, although you know we can have a whole segment about whether or not pay to play is, is good or, or, or not for the game. But um, club basketball has taken on more of a participatory um, aspect to it in the sense that once your youth league ends, let's say in February or March, you can go find an appropriate level club program now to continue playing throughout the year. Um, you know, one club might only play a couple of tournaments throughout the spring or summer. Another club might, pay, might play a dozen or more tournaments. Um, and so you have to find the right fit too. Um, a good example and a good contrast would be what we do here at USA Basketball. You can't get more polarizing than what we do here. You can take part with some of the players that you've coached, right, at the highest possible level of the game competing internationally. And, and, and um, conceivably, a great percentage of those players are going to go on to get paid to play professionally. And a few of those will make our senior national team. But on the other end of the spectrum is what we do through some of our youth programming we have kids that are picking up a ball for the first time. So um, we serve a very broad, I would argue that we serve the broadest um, community of those playing the game. But yeah, I think it is about fit and, and your, your responsibility as a parent, um, a coach that's entering a team into, into a tournament, right? Or if you're an organization and you're starting up for the first time, whether it be at the club level or you're an event operator, who do you want to serve? And that's why I think this pathway is really important because you need to figure out, you know, if you're trying to make money in the game as an event operator, you probably want to serve that participatory level because you're going to have more participants there at that level than if you were just serving, you know, elite level club teams. Um, if you're a parent, you know, and you want to find a league to put your child in and you want them to have a good experience, well, those elite club teams probably aren't going to be a great fit for you. So I think it all is um, relative. Um, but I think it all is relevant at the same time to each other. So um, finding the right fit is important. But what I would say, though, is what do you say to that parent or even the coach that see this pyramid and they, they sort of, quote, unquote, double down in an attempt to get their player to the top? So they say, listen, for my child to be really good, they have to play 100 games over the summer. 
Um, is that a is that one way to look at it? Like, how much does natural ability and and just sheer athleticism and stuff eventually take over? And 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 what what is your advice to parents that are trying to sort of pay their way to get their child to the top, or or maybe put them through things that aren't exactly healthy or safe for them? Yeah, and and unfortunately, you know, I see this I see this a lot more than I would like to I like to admit, but. Um, I think people want to put, um, I think players on a fast track. So they skip steps. So, you know, we're not, we're doing skill work, but you know, we're going to get, we're going to skip some of the skill work to get right on to shooting three point shots, for instance, or being a three point shooter. So we're, we're missing, we're skipping steps to do that. And when we, when we skip steps and think that the players are going to, fast track their way to become a better skilled actually they, they become they level off and they probably don't like the game as much because they don't have the success they needed to and I know we'll talk about that later in, in progressive coaching but you know parents and coaches who see a player that has some ability and they're going to try to to fast track them to uh, an elite player when they're not ready to get to that level I think really does a disservice to the player. And then all of a sudden the player finds out, golly, I'm not, I'm not certain I liked this as much as I used to, uh, you know, to not only to play the game, but developing his own game. So um, I think there's a very, you know, those progressive steps that, that coaches and parents need to take and allow that player to then be, um, improve and get better on their own as well as under some structure. Uh, seems like every player has tra uh, trainers nowadays. Uh, and, I, and I look at a lot of the trainers and they basically uh, look, teach the player how to do dribbling skills, shooting skills, but with the ball in their hands. And so, all right, let's, let's expand that a little bit. And, and what do you do when you don't have the ball in your hands? So all that has to do with that the skill, allowing the skill of that player to improve to get to maybe to an elite level. Now, whatever that elite level is, might be a starter on a really good high school team, or might be then going on to playing Division Two or Division Three college level, or might be going on to play Division One level. So um, I, I think that's a really a uh, really a, a kind of a situation where the coaches and parents need to step back and don't try to rush a player to high development real quickly. It takes time. No question about it. Well, that's great. I know in episode two, we're going to look a little further into the role of the coach in that process and, and the importance that they play. Um, we're also going to specifically discuss what USA basketball, and I know you've talked about this coach, the four C's of development and, and a lot of that, um, can be applied both on the court and off the court. And we, uh, we call our four C's the importance of imparting communication, choices, comfort zones, and then the aspect of competing yep. um, in, into the game of basketball and into the game of life. So I'm looking forward to going over that with you next week in episode two. I think the moral of our episode here, if, I'm, if the takeaways are right, um, it's to allow players to enjoy the game. Um, use proper progression to keep them in the game. 
hopefully for life in some aspect, like we mentioned as a coach or an administrator or an official, um, or just to play for fun. Um, but then our collective job, I think, is to um, keep people in the game for a longer period of time in order to promote the game, grow the game, elevate the game at all levels. And um, I know it's given you so many great experiences and you've met so many great people and, and you've had such a, such a great journey and that journey's continuing. And I know you want to see that for many other people. Yeah, uh, no, no question. I think those of us that are involved in basketball or even any athletics or sports, you know, we have a real passion for that and and uh, you know you like to get you like to relay that passion to players and then and then players after they get out of playing days what can they do i think coaches are really going to enjoy our next session when we talk about the four c's jay just because i think it's going to give them a really good idea of how to create a better basketball player and better people and we're looking forward to that, Coach. Coach Showalter, thanks for joining us today. For everybody out there, we're looking forward to providing some great information for you throughout this series and, and, and throughout all of our offerings at USA Basketball. So we encourage you to go to usab.com to check out those offerings and what we have for you. Um, if you have any questions or items that you'd like to see or topics that you would like to see us discuss in either a podcast or future offerings, please email us at youth at usabasketball.com. That's Y-O-U-T-H, youth at usabasketball.com. And we look forward to continuing this learning journey with you all. Thank you.